0: What up? What's good? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? It is Left Go, the Left Go Show. Ready to rock and roll. Uh, great weekend. Hope you guys were awesome. Uh, and I gotta tell you what happened with the results, with the poll results. Boy, did you guys give me a lot of feedback. Thousands of people responded to the forms. I had a lot of people tweeting at me, Instagram DMing me. Some people very angry that I would even say that we should change the Constitution. I went up and back with a few people for paragraphs explaining that this is a democracy and it is not going to be a dictatorship. I promise. I care about the 33%. I care about the homies. I'm going to go through the poll results and then more than a half an hour of chilling with Charles Barkley. He is the man. I'm going to get to that as quickly as possible. Enough rants out of me. And then after that, we're going to do some football talk. Ryan Fitzpatrick is back. Cam Newton, whoa, big offseason. And why do we hate Big Ben so much? All that's coming up after Barkley. But let me update you guys on the polls. I asked you simply, who is the greatest quarterback that we have ever seen? Amendment number one, hand to the sky, look me in the eye, pick one guy. And I gave you two options. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. I said, I'm ready to make the transition to Patrick Mahomes. You guys disagreed. 36.5% of you voted for Patrick Mahomes. 63.5% of you voted for Aaron Rodgers. Combined, that's 100% of the homies voting to retain Aaron Rodgers as the greatest quarterback we have ever seen. You have weighed in, and I will honor that. It is officially set in stone. Aaron Rodgers will remain the greatest quarterback we have ever seen. I am saying right now that you know where I stand on this. But this is why I love the homies. You have majority spoken. Thus, that's what matters. We're keeping it there. This is a free-flowing organism. It is a universe. I love you. We're going to stay with Aaron Rodgers. First Amendment remains unfazed. Second Amendment, we're making a change. Sorry. I came out and said we're moving on from Kyle Shanahan as our favorite coach in the NFL. And I asked you guys, who should we go with? I put eight names on there. I want to give my personal apology to Sean McDermott. I wanted you on the list. I forgot. I was too busy finding a picture of Freddie Kitchens, and I forgot. So I'm sorry. Coming in uh, eighth place. Brian Flores. Nobody wanted to jump on the Miami Dolphins and their palooza and crown Brian Flores. He with less than uh, 9%. Uh, coming in second to last, Vic Fangio. You know, I, I had hopes for Vic Fangio, just being the Italian stallion he is and the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, but uh, he came in uh, seventh. In sixth, Doug Peterson. Head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Uncle Doug. Could have been fun. Only came in sixth. In fifth, Frank Reich of the Indianapolis Colts. In fourth, Andy Reid. And now we get to the top three. The top three in no specific rankings. Bill Belichick, Sean McVay, and Freddie Kitchens. Coming in third, Freddie Kitchens. I do love the Browns. I'm going to go all in on them this season. Might even get a jersey. Definitely not going to get a jersey. I'm not somebody that buys jerseys. It came down to Bill Belichick and Sean McVay. Belichick surged out to the opening lead. But he only finished with 25.5%, meaning that our new favorite football coach with 28.6% of the votes is Sean McVay. I am saying this now, if you guys disagree, I would need to see strong vitriol in the comments. If not, I will officially swear him in on Wednesday show as our Amendment 2 favorite coach in the NFL. Early congratulations to Sean McVay, and if you guys want to hit up Rams and let them know of his honor, please be my guest. The third and most important thing that we voted for was, who is going to be my new football dad? And you guys have said in two different ways that you didn't like the way I phrased that. The number one vote-getter for football dad was Phil Sims. What do you know? Most over 100 votes. Also, I had one of these comments that said, Lefko, you can't drop Phil Sims. Stop this. With great power comes great responsibility. You can only get football uncles. To which I will say, I apologize. I am changing the phrase phrasing. We are currently looking for our football stepdad, okay? Our football dad will always be Phil Sims, the big fucker, out of, out of respect. But we're looking for a stepdad, and we know what it looks for in a stepdad. Got to be fun, got to sometimes discipline us when we need it, but not too much. You're not my dad. You're my football stepdad. But also give us guidance. Other names that came in here that are up towards the top, Number two, Howie Long with 77 votes. You guys like that. In a close third, Mike Lombardi. A lot of votes for Mike Lombardi. And I'll be honest, he would be a pretty good football stepdad. He'd, he'd give us guidance, and he'd also slap us in the back of the head. But not too much, but enough when we need it. Some of the other popular ones, my dad, Bruce Lufko, got 24 votes and I might have to call him randomly. Uh, that's my actual dad. There's no football dads there. Uh, but love him. He's a great guy. Terry Bradshaw got 58 votes. But there were some votes that said anybody but Terry Bradshaw, which means he's polarizing, which stepdads can sometimes be. Tony Romo got 28 votes. Archie Manning got 20 votes. Boomer Esiason got 21, which is funny because he works with Phil Simms. Um, Got some good advice. Someone said, why don't you throw in a football mom Add a whole new fan base? Bring football to more people. Not a bad idea. We'll see. Got some good non-football names. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Not sure if he'd be a great football stepdad. He may actually explain how air and football works and how trajectory. Could be interesting. LeVar Ball. I'm okay. Some random football names. We got Elvis Gerbach. TJ Zada. Dick Vermeil would be great, but he'd be the crying football stepdad. His eyes would well up all the time, and he would just be filled with tears about how, the growth that I've made in my football pursuit. Some of my personal favorites: Jim Mercy. as a f- stepdad. Oh man, a a left go got in my box. Let's rip some cigs. I'm going to tell you about life. Uh, Jeff Hostetler is just phenomenal. That, we might need to get him. Again, he was the guy that replaced Phil Sims, so making him our stepdad would actually be great. Um, and then I think the two favorite ones I saw was somebody wrote Joe Montana with them sketchers, which, if I got a chance to interview Joe Montana again, if I only did 15 minutes on sketchers, it would be a career highlight. And the other one I got was Aaron Donald's dad. Because Let's just track down a random dad and make him our football stepdad. So, Phil Sims, you're still our dad, our football dad, but we're looking for a football stepdad. And now I need to call up Howie Long, get Lombardi back in here, and Terry Bradshaw. We're going to audition them first to see if they're ready to be our dads. But now it is time for our first, that's right, our first sports uncle. That's right. Stay tuned to the entire interview with Charles Barkley to see if he accepted. And listen to the compliments that he gives me. We talked about weed. We talked about uh, basketball versus football. We talked about Samuel L. Jackson. All over the place. But he really complimented me in the beginning. Here's my conversation with Chuck Charles Barkley.
1: What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me on the podcast. I I want you to know. I have a done minute podcasts. So this is an honor of mine. I don't do many podcasts.
0: Wow, what's the reason? Is it like social media for you? You're just not a fan?
1: No, there's not that many people I like enough to want to sit down and talk to them for a long period of time. Chuck, yeah, I appreciate that man. No, seriously, I like, and I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like, there's very few people that I would sit down and spend some time with like nice. that. Because you know, you get you, you talk to the media all the time. It's like hit or miss, like, do your thing, let's move it.
0: And everybody's got a question for you. Uh, well, hopefully.
1: Yeah. But, but like, there's very few people I, I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time and spend quality time with you. Thanks. Well, we had a good time at the match. We did have a good time. And I, and I was really surprised, what I mean by that is, how easy it was. Yeah. Because, you know, like, sometimes
0: we had a crazy group. Oh, my gosh. Me, you, Samuel L. Jackson, and Pat Perez.
1: And, Wild. And the thing is, with that group, you fit right in – so seamlessly. Thanks, man. That's, that's when great. I knew you were legit. Ooh. Because let me tell you something. When this I'm is really a,
0: good for when, my street
1: credit. No, no, but when I'm around Sam, I'm nervous. But he's one of the coolest celebrities I ever been around. He makes you nervous. He's, he did in the beginning, but now we've been together for like six, seven years. Yeah. So we're easy. But like, and then Pat, I've known, and Pat's nuts. He's nuts. Yeah. But then you came in. It was like we'd known each other for a long period of time. Yeah. So, and that ain't easy.
0: I got that old soul spirit. Yeah. Man.
1: yeah. Well, you are old. <laughs>
0: Um, Vegas was cool. Uh, we're here right now because of March Madness. Yes. And they were saying yesterday that you guys have been doing this for nine years. I can't believe it. It feels like two. I feel like people are still well, well, going, first, what do you think of Charles and Ernie doing college basketball? It's been like a decade now. Yeah, I'm
1: surprised. I thought it was six or seven, or actually like five or six. I was yeah. surprised it was nine. But let me tell you something, Adam. Uh, March Madness is the second coolest event in the world after the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate to go to two Olympics and I tell people everybody should go to the Olympics one time in their life but let's say this tournament the Saturday at the Final Four is the coolest thing I do all Did year. Did you
0: always feel that way or covering it changed your opinion? Well I never
1: I went one time as a player right? and it wasn't that big obviously in 82, 83 when I went but It's all, like, uh, watching from a distance, because that's all NBA players do. Mm. uh, Like, now, we're going to be watching the tournament. Right. You know, starting this week with the the regular tournaments. And, like, that's because, like, you know, you're off all days. We watch all the games, and if you're not playing,
0: you watch March Madness. Yeah. And then. Well, it's that first Thursday. That's a national holiday.
1: Well, the Thursday and the Friday is a national nightmare, is what we call it.
0: Uh, Why? Because we're on television from 12 noon to 12 midnight. What people don't realize is that you guys will be like, all right, now here's your halftime show yeah. on CBS. Yeah. And they don't realize you guys are doing a different one for CBS, yeah. TBS, uh, True it, TV. It, it, You're doing the same
1: thing like four it, times. Yes. And I tell people, they're like, "They're like," I said, dude, you know what I'm saying? We're on television for 12, really 12 hours basically straight. Wow. Because we do the first game. By that time, it's time for the kickoff, the second game. Right. By the time you get time to kick off the third game, you guys don't have NBA games that night, do you? No, no. That
0: Thursday, that would be the old timer.
1: And then we do the four openings because we're on four networks. By the time you finish the fourth one, it's halftime of the first one.
0: Wow. Then it's halftime. How are you even like watching? We got all the games on. So, you, but you're talking, you're kind of keeping an eye on it too?
1: Uh, No, no, no. When when the, when you go to uh, halftime and yes. yeah, we, we, but once all four of them are gone, we're watching all four. But you give uh, all the love to the, the stat people, but oh, sure. they're bringing up stats. But like I said, we got four games on, and then you do four closings, <laughs> and then it's time for the second
0: row of games.
1: Man. I mean it's it's a long the first two days are just brutal.
0: When I'm watching now I'm gonna be doing fast break, which is gonna be like online, it's gonna be like a red zone for college basketball. I'll yeah. be in Atlanta doing that. Are you in New York? I'm in New York, week? yeah. When will people realize that you've officially hit that first wall? When's it going to get really entertaining when you're going to go, this is ridiculous?
1: No, no. Six o'clock? Well, I I, I wish they would do it differently Hmm. because I want to make sure the kids get all the energy and love. I would like to see us have two staffs, one 12 to 6, one 6 to midnight. I'll be a 6 to midnight. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just telling you, though, because like— It's kind of my nickname, 6 to midnight. you, You hit the wall around probably 7 o'clock, and oh. then you get that energy again. But, like, I want these kids to know, like, you know, for most of these kids, the last time they're ever going to play basketball. Mm. So I really want them to uh, just really know that we're really into it. Yeah. You know, and we've had some criticism saying that what an NBA guy shouldn't be doing the content. like, yo, first of all, if y'all don't want us to do it, that's fine with me. I'll yeah. go back to my work working my one day a week, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, but you know what? We do the best we can. We don't know all the players' names, but we
0: know all the basketball stuff. I think the funniest thing is they're like, they don't factor in like RPI. And I go, do you guys understand what's entertaining on it's television? Just,
1: it's just, they, they don't. No. And, and, uh, and first of all, they should shut the hell up. We give them a billion dollars. They should say thank you for the billions of dollars and yeah. shut the hell up. Uh, so you know, I would say, if somebody gave me a billion dollars, I would say, okay, sir, please do whatever you hell you want to do. <laughs>
0: The, I would agree with you. March Madness is up there. I think what we did with the match was cool because it was a unique sporting event. If you were doing the match in other sports, like NFL, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes in like a classic quarterback challenge from the 90s. Hitting targets all over the place. That throw,
1: would be interesting. Right? Yeah, that would be interesting. You know, the match was just boring. because They played bad golf. Bad golf. And, and I think that Phil's got more of a personality than Tiger. Ain't that funny? And and, and so Phil couldn't get any chemistry going, any trash talking, any fun talk. Right. So that made it boring. And then they didn't use us enough, number one. Yeah. Because we are fools, us four. <laughs> and we had Ernie, Darren Clark, and uh, Peter Jiggs, and they yes. were They were trying to be, like, serious. I'm like... Which, whoever told them to be serious in the beginning was stupid. Yeah. Like, this is a fun thing. Everybody's drunk, walking 18 holes oh, on the cool. day after Thanksgiving. Nobody is – and people are sitting at home were probably drinking. And then they're going to try to make it
0: serious. That was just a stupid idea from but, the beginning. What would be the NBA match? What would be the one-on-one match you'd like to see in the NBA? Oh, uh,
1: LeBron against KD. You know, uh – Anthony Davis, Davis against anybody, really? Because mm-hmm. I think Anthony Davis is just a stud. It's a shame what's happening in New Orleans, right? Uh, but uh, it's so many great. Uh, Russell Westbrook against the world,
0: man. Yeah, like uh, literally, like people just keep coming yeah, yeah, out, yeah. and he's just he, going. He out. Just
1: like Russell. it's just him against the world. Yeah, and I'll take
0: the, uh, I'll take Russell. <laughs> in, in. Um, the other thing is, so that was in Vegas. NFL's coming to Vegas, man. Yeah. You know Vegas. Yeah. What is that going to be like? Do you I don't think it's going to be different. You know. I want you to be like an ambassador.
1: Yeah. Okay. I go to Vegas. I love to gamble. You know. It's you know it's so much interesting bull BS that's going on around in sports now. Listen, it's kind of like uh, uh, the pot thing. Okay. So I don't smoke pot. Okay. I, I probably smoke Pissing pot. Listen out, bro. I, I think I've smoked pot five times in my life. All it did was make me want to eat potato chips, mm. and now you see, like pot's legal. Yep. People who don't smoke pot ain't gonna smoke pot. It's legal.
0: So in NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, it's legal in where teams play for eighty percent of franchises.
1: But I'm saying though, everybody who don't just cause it's legal, everybody's not gonna go out and smoke pot. Right. So we're talking about the gambling thing on TV a couple of weeks ago. Like now, you can gamble on every block. I don't think people who don't gamble are going to say, I got to start gambling now. Right. I hate those two arguments. Listen, if you don't smoke pot, you're not going to smoke pot just because it's legal in your state. Yeah. And just because you got gambling, everybody's not going to start gambling. People who want right. to gamble like myself. We're going, we, we've we been gambling. Yeah. We're going to keep gambling. It's just going to be interesting
0: going to Vegas. They're going to have this big, new, shiny building and you I mean, more for, like, athletes, their hometown is Vegas. And now, like, NFL teams are going to go there, and on the Friday night, they can be in Vegas.
1: Yeah, but listen, I think the guy's got enough discipline. Uh, th- Antonio Brown in Vegas is going to be amazing. Listen, I guarantee you Antonio <laughs> Brown's been to Vegas many times already. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you have to be careful because you're probably going to be watched very closely. So closely. Yeah. Man. And, and, and You know what? As much as I love going to Vegas, I'm not sure how fun it would be to live there.
0: It's interesting. Yeah, I'm you not one that lives there. Is like we don't go to the Strip.
1: Yeah, we got
0: great restaurants. It's not there. Yeah. It's like the first, It's like Bourbon Street. Yeah, in New and,
1: and like because like when I go to Vegas, three days is my max. And I've actually stayed longer than three days. and was like, please let me go home. <laughs> you know, I've had things to do. I was like, put like like three days is perfect. Yeah, but if you stay more than three days. I think your head would explode. I think it's because of the cycle of people.
0: I've always thought when I go to like, I have to be in Vegas for like summer league for a week. After three days, I see all these people leaving and I go, finally, this place is going to calm down. Yeah. And then like a whole new rush comes in ready to take it to the level. I'm like, we need to calm down. Yeah. I I, I just think I I love
1: Vegas. Uh, It's just a wonderful place. Yeah. Uh, But. Listen, uh, I might go see the Raiders every now and then, but yeah. that's
0: not it. We were talking a lot of gambling when we were on the desk for the match. I have this thing called Lefko Locks right yeah. have to make picks. What is your Charles gambling advice for me to take my gambling game to the next level?
1: Uh, it's just peaks and valleys. Uh, you know, you're not going to win all the time. You're not going to lose all the time. And I, hear I hate when I hear people say I'm a good gambler. First of all, if you get bad cards, you're not a good gambler. And from my experience of gambling, and the thing I tried it was really helped me. I just had to start realizing you can't break Las Vegas. Mm. You have to go in there with a game plan. So I'm gonna win some, and I'm gonna lose some, and keep it moving. What's your favorite
0: sport for gambling?
1: I uh, do no, the tables. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, blackjack and roulette. I play a little baccarat, mm. but I, and I shouldn't be playing roulette. But I love the cards, and it's fun. Like uh, it oh, around you. well, no, it was really fun. Is uh, being there for the football season in the sports book Man. when everybody's got when they got every game on and all hell is breaking loose. That that to me is one of the most fun things to yeah. do. Like me and my boys, uh, we'll go there on Friday night and we'll spend we'll get up in the morning, spend the whole day in the sports book watching college, yeah, and then do the same thing Sunday. Man, it is. Ridiculous! How much fun it is to be. Why
0: them. is it? Because you're just hanging out with your guys. And no, like, but just because there's so much energy and juice in the room. First, th- there's the peaks and there's the yelling. Yeah. And yeah, there's like people coming around with food. Yeah, but
1: but also like I said, you got it's one of the few places you can go. Like every game is on. Mm. But like I say, there's somebody yelling over there watching the game. There's somebody over here yelling watching the yeah.
0: game, and that's exciting. I mean, and I said this to you yesterday. You you're a level of kindness that is wild, like. I, when I watched you after the match, it was like the Red Sea parting. Yeah. Like, everyone turns. It's your size, it's your demeanor, all that yeah. stuff. But then, like, you talk to everybody. And I'm meeting these people that are close to you, and I was like, man, these are, like, genuinely good people. Who yeah. would you say are your boys? Like, who is your circle? Are they from yeah. Alabama? Like, where? what's your core? That's a great Cause question. Because everybody thinks they know you.
1: Yeah, but I only got a few guys I hang out with. I got a boy, uh, a brother named Brennan, a boy I hang out with. I shouldn't call him a boy, but I do. Yo, boy. <laughs> uh, uh, my boy Brennan uh, lives in Arizona. Yes. My boy Roy Green, ex-NFL player. Sure. Lives in Arizona. Uh, those are two guys. My body, that's the crew. Uh, yeah, that's the crew. My boy James, my bodyguard. Uh, so I, those are people I, uh, I go to Vegas with all the time. There's a couple other people. I got a, one of my friends, Bart. He's a vet in Charlotte. Mm. Uh, he comes to Vegas with me and Lake Tahoe with sure. me. But I don't have a uh, I got a couple of people from high school uh, uh that, that that's close uh, uh, there's a girl named Diane and a girl named Leslie who I went to high school with I'm close yeah. to uh my best friend from high school actually just passed away John sorry about that that was tough man uh, uh so we're trying to get through that but he died a couple months ago and it just sucks yeah and uh but he was he's a great guy yeah yeah so but like I say man i I try to treat people well. You do? I mean, I think that's important. Uh, I think, you know, because you got to realize something, man, basketball ain't important at all. I tell people, if you're a teacher, fireman, policeman, doctor, somebody like that, yeah. important, significant. That's like real stuff. Yeah. Like you should – but if you got like a, a
0: – Your opinion on the magic is yes. going to
1: change it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like – and I said, if you're lucky enough just to be able to play a sport – You make more money than you probably need and deserve. Yeah. And bless everybody. Have you
0: always thought that? Or did it take like you getting older to realize it? Because I'm sure when you were like on the Sixers in 85, you were like, this is everything.
1: Well, that's a great question. You know, I think at one point you're like, I'm rich and I'm famous. And you're like, 25. It's got to be incredible. (laughs) And you're like. There's got to be more to life than this.
0: You've seen the mountain yeah. Like And everyone's saying how yeah, incredible your life yeah, is. You're like, I like, haven't done
1: anything. I haven't done anything. I'm not even that important. I and mean, like, Then you have to take a step back and say, okay, I need to try to do some good things in life. This is just a silly sport. And I, I really want to do things. I try to help as many people as possible. Mm. And I think I'm doing – I know I'm doing good. But it's just a never-ending story. Yeah. Because there's always something new. Like, right now, uh, being from Alabama, we got these tornadoes that hit last week. Yeah. Where 23 people died. And we're trying to figure out, like, what can we do to help those people? Right. I mean, because this is the second time we got hit by tornadoes. We, the ones in Tuscaloosa a few okay. years ago. Like, man, when you visit those places where a tornado hit, it's it's like everything is I flat. I used
0: to be a news reporter in Nebraska. And one of my first stories, I covered a tornado that wiped out this town in York, Kansas. Oh, yeah. And when you go beyond like the crying and the people, yeah. when you see it's, bill, it's 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 crazy. Blowing. It's crazy. Like everything is flat. Yes. You can't see anything. And it's just all the same thing. It's just yeah. like rubble everywhere. Yes. And it's, and
1: it's just you see rubble and sticks. Yes. And you're like, wow. And then you realize, like I realize in Alabama, like this probably is a five to 10
0: year, 15 year.
1: Yeah. Rebuild. Yeah, 100%. I mean, so, you and you're like, what can we do that's significant to help these poor people? Yeah,
0: but you know that not everyone thinks like that, right? Yeah, but you know what? But that you don't have to worry about you, them. You, the only person you can, I,
1: one of my great coaches told me something one time, Rudy Tomjanovich, and it's kind of the way I live my life now, and, and, and it's not in a selfish way, but he said, because I couldn't play anymore, so I got frustrated with some of the guys on the team. And because, you know, when you can't play anymore, it's frustrating.
0: Because your mind is like yeah, so yeah, advanced. Yeah, yeah, your mind and is everything. so advanced, but you yeah. can't move. Yeah.
1: And he says, and he says something to me one he says, Charles, the only person you can control is you. I said, what, Coach? He says, you just, the only person in this world you can control is you. You do you. You can't try to help these young guys. They don't want to listen. Yeah. If they want to listen, that's fine. Great. I w- and, and I wish they had a list of me. I'm talking about Steve Francis, Katina Mollett. I think things would have been different for both of them. Man. They both were talented kids, but these kids are not like the generation from when I grew up, whether it was Dr. J and Moses, Bobby Jones, Clint Richardson, Clement yeah. Johnson, uh, Andrew Toney, Maurice Cheeks. I mean, you're those guys,
0: like everyone yeah. I heard about growing up yeah. was a Sixer. Oh, fan, right?
1: dude, when every time when they said something to me, it was like E.F. Hudden was speaking. Like, Charles, you need to learn how to dress. I'm like, I'm dressing. Like, no, this is professional basketball. Right. You don't wear warm-up suits every day. Yeah. They're like, we wear, this is the professional. They taught me how to save my money. Uh, they taught me how to be rude to people.
0: Ooh, can you teach me that right now? How no. Can, like, okay, yeah, know, teach do, me how to do, rude No, to...
1: Dr. J is the best I've ever seen. Like when, like we're having dinner, somebody interrupt you at dinner, there's a nice way you can do it. So That's how right. did you do it before they had a Doctor? Well, J no, question. I never did it in a way because I wasn't famous enough. But, like, you know, you know, we've been around where guys say, hey, I'm having dinner. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, I don't want to call my friends out, but I got friends who do it. Like, get the fuck away from me. i having to dinner. to be
0: honest, if you've been in a situation, I understand why they oh, do it. Oh, dude. I'm, it, but, it's crazy. But, but
1: you can do it like this. Dr. J is Dr. the only person I've ever seen. Like, hey, listen. Hey, Adam, I appreciate you coming to say hello, but I'm having dinner. Can you please wait till I finish dinner? I'll be happy to sign an autograph and take a picture. And I hear people, that, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And change is just like and, that. Yeah, just like that. But I've been at the table with guys who are really, really famous and big. Like they, Yo, man, get the fuck away from me. I'm trying to have dinner. <laughs> and you at the table like this.
0: Yeah, because now everybody at the table feels that. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, he just spoke for everybody. Yeah, like oh, uh oh, and, and
1: and first of all, it's rude and uncomfortable. Yeah. But I say when I say Doc taught me, like you can tell somebody no, and make and let, and let them keep their pride and self esteem. Right. Or you can just shit on them like yeah. some guys do, and I never want to do that. No. Like I tell him, I said, hey man, uh, listen, I'm having dinner right now. Let me have dinner. Yeah. And I promise I'll be, as soon as I'm done with dinner, I'll take your picture, sign your autograph. Because you can't stop having dinner because then you will never get to eat dinner. Yes. Yeah. So. Are you ready? You, yeah.
0: Oh, no. What were you going to say? Yeah,
1: no. But I'm just saying, that's like things like that. And yeah. then I tried to pass it on to young guys, and they're like, yo, man, quit hating on me because you are old. Get off my lawn, guy. You know, all all kids and they think anytime you try to tell us something constructive, yes, we're the old get I'm off my hater. yeah.
0: You're a hater. You're a hater or a get off my lawn guy. I do disagree with you on one thing. What's that? We were talking yesterday about Antonio Brown. Yeah. and What he did to get leverage. Yes. And you thought he handled it the wrong way. Why? I thought it was perfect. I don't think you have to burn down the house if you want to move. I mean, if you, but if, but see, my thing is, I feel like in the NBA, yes, we have players that have all the power right now, and I feel like people assume that the NFL players have that too, and they have nothing. Like these guys can't do anything. I, first of all, I didn't
1: say I didn't I disagree. I said you don't have to burn the house down okay. if you want to move. Okay. I mean, that's a nice house. I mean, somebody else got to live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he really put
0: Mike Tomlin in an awful situation. I I think of everyone. In that situation, I feel bad for Mike Tomlin. Yes, because it's being made like he's running this place that has no control. Yeah, and it's what no way, because the, the because GM the, came out and said Big Ben's yeah, the guy. Yeah, but
1: Adam, that's the – being famous or 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 in the limelight, it ain't right. It ain't fair. Yeah, that's just how it is. Mm. I tell these guys all the time. Um, I was doing a show the other day, and we were talking about uh, I forget who I forget, and we were talking about championships. And I, and I, I said, people say Charles Barkley didn't win the championship. You've never heard them say, "Hey, Mark West didn't win a championship," or said Sabalos. Mm. I said, that's just how this thing works. I'm the best player. I'm the guy. I'm gonna get all the credit and all the blame. Yeah. That ain't right. That ain't fair. That's just the way, it. Just the way it is. Yeah. And you, if because uh, we were talking about Kyrie, that's exactly what we were talking about. You know, he. I said because that's when I said, I said I said this guy, man, he, he, he was miserable all the time. And, I, and he's like, I remember he walked in the stadium. Time, but I can't wait to get
0: away from all this. Bull bull. I'm like, yo, bro, when you're famous, you don't get away from it. Yeah. I just feel like it's different in the NFL. I feel like these guys can't speak their minds as much as they can in the NBA. I feel like their contracts not being guaranteed is mm-hmm. like a huge burden on like their security and like how they feel about their future. And I feel like it's a lot more one side in the NFL. No question.
1: And the owners yeah. have all the power. Like all I say, power. I never have uh, – I, I, no, first of all, because I, I saw what Larry Fitzgerald said, and I right. thought who's the greatest guy ever. He says, I just think A.B. is going about the wrong way. That's what uh, uh, Larry said. And I agree. I was like, yo, man, you don't have to burn down the house mm. when you moving. Yeah. And listen, I'm glad he got his money. Sure. I want all the players to get their money. Good. Uh, but I just thought he handled it the wrong way because right. it, it put Tomlin
0: in an awful situation. I think there's truth to that. Wait, so you, you were an Eagles fan. Yes. Which, when I heard that. My well, heart listen. started fluttering. So, listen, you're an up, Auburn guy in college, yes, and then an Eagles because you were in there like your big part of
1: your well. Because no, because we don't have pro teams in Alabama, no. so uh, I really didn't pay a lot of attention to. We kind of vaguely rooted for the Falcons because right. it was in Atlanta, close to two and hours. They're like
0: the team of the South.
1: Yeah, the team of the South, but like we got that one game a week, and it was really never your
0: team. So were you in Philly, like, was it like you and Randall Cunningham? Oh,
1: yeah. Reggie
0: White, Jerome Brown, Self Joyner. So. Oh, it was awesome. Andre Waters. Your Sixers team in that era had so many awesome characters. And that team. Was crazy. With Buddy Ryan. Oh, so and many. who's my favorite coach of all time. I got a chance to meet him before uh, he passed. And what a gem. Oh. Just like, he just tells it like it is. And let me tell you something. You
1: know, Adam, you know how I judge players? The players love Buddy Ryan. They loved Buddy Ryan. Mm. I mean, I saw that great piece where Mike Singletary went down to his house and wheeled him around for hours yeah. just to visit him every now and then. But because you, you can lie to the fans, you can lie to the press. You can't ever lie to the players. Mm. And let me tell you something. That window when I was in Philly and we had Ron Hextall in hockey.
0: <laughs> so like, who could score while Yes, he was y- oh, yeah.
1: We had Ron Hextall, who's my favorite hockey player of all time. Uh, wow. I got a, a signed uh, autographed jersey from him. I did, you know, the last couple of years, I got a signed autograph jersey from Ron Hextall and Brian Dawkins. My um, favorite player of uh, yeah, all time. Yeah, I'm telling you. He's I my do, favorite
0: athlete of all the time. So
1: they, I got both of them assigned me a jersey, and like, I think it was like three years ago. Yeah. But, like, man, the Eagles were uh, – and let me tell you one thing about Philadelphia. No, forget the Flyers, the Sixers, and the Phillies. Yeah, tell that. The Philadelphia Eagles run Philadelphia. Run it. Like – I, when they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, you could see like the whole city just exploded. Yeah, it ex- microphone. Yeah, like his microphone. But like I tell people, did you celebrate? I didn't know because I, I'm just a, I'm just a fan. Yeah, I don't have that. They hadn't won
0: a championship ever. I was there. Yeah, yeah. I was there with my parents. Oh, oh really? And then I went to the parade. Oh, oh, I was. See,
1: I, I was watching from a distance. Like I say, I can't claim because I didn't. I played my first eight years in Philly. Yeah. So I'm a a fan. Sure. But I'm not like. I saw people going crazy. I was one of them.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I was in a club yeah. with the, the Lombardi trophy and, like, a cigar in my mouth. Like, I won the damn championship. <laughs>
1: I was like, look what I did. But, but see, see, Adam, it's so, it's so profound that you said that because I want to make a point. And that's what I try to tell these guys today. Sports ain't important, but it's really important. Mm. The, the, the best thing about sports is... No matter how crappy your life is in Philadelphia, no matter how crappy it is. If the Eagles beat the Giants. If the Eagles beat the Giants. you got a great day. And you win a Super Bowl, you forget about all the crap that's going on in your life. I did. And that's the beauty of sports. Yeah. Like, even if your team don't win it, like, if you have a great season or even if you win a regular season game, for that 24 hours, you forget about Think All, about
0: how that city embraced Iverson. Yes, he embodied everything. If he can do yeah. it, I feel better yeah. about it. But my but, life.
1: but that's that's the thing. That's why I always said sports is not important, but it's really important.
0: Do you have a good story of being with Randall and Jerome Brown and Reggie White that can kind of like talk about how crazy those guys were or how? Well, Randall's were? never been crazy. The craziest one uh, was Jerome Brown, God
1: rest his soul. I've heard so. Like, what's uh, what's your? What's but it was like Jerome Brown. No, story? because like. Like, we're all relatively the same age. And, you know, Philadelphia, you want to party in Philly, you can party in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Philly's one of the great cities in the United States. And just being around those guys, they were larger than life. I mean, the first time I met Reggie White, I was like, that little fat guy can play football?
0: (laughs) He was little to you? Yeah. Wow. I, I have no idea. I've never met Reggie. I, I, I always to, thought he was I, like six nine. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taller than Reggie and he had like a little gut. And you were like, This is and the I, best defensive player. Yes. Ever. And I was like, Are you kidding
1: me? And then you go watch him play and you're like, Oh. Because you don't have to be like shrivel, Shred the Shredded to, yeah. to, to be like great. But but he was the nicest guy in the world, oh. God rest his soul. And I've got – you know, Seth Jordan is actually one of my neighbors in Arizona now. And we play golf all the time. But Randall was unbelievable. I mean, you go – but Buddy Ryan to me, and I've said this, my favorite coach of all time. Mm. Because the way the players – the players love Buddy Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and like I say, I went to a bunch of Flyers games. Eric Lindros, that was doing his day.
0: How did people react to you going to hockey games? And oh, the fact that you're a big hockey fan. That but, has to shock people.
1: Oh, uh, they, they Listen – I love hockey. Like, I hit, I am, I heard. So, I'm I so excited about this because the Stanley Club playoffs are the greatest event in the playoffs uh, compared okay, to the so other sports. What
0: we've learned today, March Madness and the Olympics are the two greatest two sporting, greatest events, sporting the, events and then the hockey is the greatest sports playoffs. The playoffs by far. Play, hockey playoffs or March Madness? March Madness. That was the great answer. The PR guys. Yeah. Right there. No. March I'm Madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Because the one thing about March Madness,
0: Nate. By the way, I, I don't want to refer to.
1: There's him. going to be something that happens every
0: March Madness that you're like, wow. Like, like the Sister Jean storylines? You can't make that up. They, it makes no sense. Yes. I would never bet on it. Yeah. But then when it happens, we go. It's March madness. Uh, it's March madness. Yeah. Like okay, okay, they win a game. Okay. And then she's like on camera and is like yeah, 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 yeah. spokesperson. And then they win another game. That's why I'm liking the Nevada kids this year. Yeah. I just feel like twins. I sometimes when I'm like betting on the tournament, yeah. I'm like those are the storylines that don't make sense, yeah. but they're going to be interviewed by Jim Nance. Yeah. I, or they'll be sitting with Tracy Wolfson. Let's see, but those look like like I say, you can't make those stories no. up. Like
1: only in March Madness, you're like, well, a one's going to beat a six-team at some point. I'm like, well, a like, one's not going to lose to a six-team. And it freaking happens. And then it freaking happens, and you're like, wow. And then you're like, okay, they got nothing left in the tank. Then they win the next game. Wow. You're like, okay. But, see, the one thing I, uh, I've learned about March Madness, there's a couple of things. Number one, a lot of these coaches can't coach. And number two, the three-shot is... Oh. Kind of level the playing field.
0: I also think the amount of timeouts changes the game completely because there's so many TV timeouts yeah, uh, that it's, it's hard to go on a run.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, though, they, see, one of the things that I'm great at, and I like, I love just looking at the strategy. And the one thing I know is, not, and, and, and I, I would never call a college coach out, but some of these guys got zero strategy. <laughs> like, you can tell. They recruit and they it, say, go out there and do it. Or they had a game plan. And then don't adjust as it goes on. Zero adjustments. Yeah. This it, is what we do. This is what we do.
0: That's the NFL and the And, and
1: I'm sitting there like, well, it doesn't work against that team. Right. Like, that, that's the beauty. Like, you're playing against this team one day, and then two days later you're playing against a totally different team. You cannot have the same strategy. Right. That's why, you know, I, you, know you, you said that. I hear the people talking about the New England Patriots. And said they have a different game plan
0: every week. It's beautiful. And But my question is, why don't all the teams do that? Think about this. The Patriots came out two years ago, and they were a spread offense. Last year, they draft an offensive line from Georgia, mm-hmm. a running back from Georgia. Yep. They pack it in, and they're a power-running offense. Yes. Against the Chiefs, they ran the ball 48 times yeah. and threw the ball 44. Yeah. They're the first team – I looked up. That's ever had those numbers before in a year. Belichick went. We're a power running team because everybody was getting ready for the spread and they couldn't yeah. tackle. That's why he's the best.
1: But but my he can change. he's the greatest football coach ever. But my question is, you know, they always talk about they switch it up. They have a different. And like I'm like, why can't other teams do that? Because you know how people are. That's like, why. Because it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, because I tell people, I have to have a strategy every game. Yes. Because I'm a 6'4 power forward. What I'm doing against this guy. You can't who, do it against this guy. You can't them. do it This this guy. I have to have a different – so I'm switching up day, game to game, week to week, all my yeah. game plans. And I'm sitting here like, yo, man, what change this play. Like sometimes I'll sit there and watch a game. and a team will run the same play five times in a row – and they get a layup or an
0: easy shot. I'm like, yo, man, you got to change the defense on that. All right, so I have a request for you. Sure. We got to wrap it up because I okay. have a lot of people that want to talk to you. Um, I recently had to retire Phil Sims as my sports dad. <laughs> it just it, it he, he he his son went somewhere else. I got to move on. I'm asking you, would you like to be my sports uncle? I feel like uh, uncles are cooler uh, than dads because you can give advice, but also be like, "Hey, by go, the way, let's go get drunk." Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah,
1: well, I would love to be
0: your, sport, sport. your sports uncle yes. because
1: number one, you're cool, ooh, thank and you. Uh, and also uh, you're part of the tribe now. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> we, you, you've been drafted in. So you're part. I of, get. To, I get
0: to come to the yeah, cookout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to come to the cookout. What do I need to bring? Uh, listen, man. You just napkins. Uh, just napkins. Yeah, because if I bring potato salad, it might be raisins in it. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no. <there's>
1: no potato, <laughs> no potato salad and raisins. We're from the south. Okay.
0: okay. No, yeah,
1: no, go- no. yeah. Sports hey, uncle.
0: Sports uncle. It's official.
1: Hey. Wrap it up. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Anytime. Man. We'll do it again. I would love to.
0: Oh, I'm ca- I just needed a little bit of music after Barkley because it felt so darn good. I think I'm gonna really try and get him on a lot. He is our sports uncle. I text him all the time. Auburn won the SEC tournament. I said, "War damn eagle." He said, "Thank you, buddy." And I said, "Ooh." buddy, buddy, buddy. I love Barkley. He's the man. Thank you so much to him. Thank you to Nate Smeltz of Turner for kind of help set that up. Um, And hey, little college basketball thing. This is coming out Tuesday. Tournament starts on Thursday. Uh, I did do a bracket on March Madness Live, the Bleacher Report bracket. Uh, Check out my Twitter. I put the link. You can compete against me. My bracket is called Left Coast Locks. I went with Virginia because I think they're going to be super motivated after being the first one seed to ever lose. I think they're going to come back I like them. That's my Lefko lock, and you know about Lefko locks. The other thing is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to be doing like March Madness Red Zone. Uh, with Turner. So on like the March Madness website, uh, if you want to watch online, watch with me. It's going to be me, uh, Rex Chapman, Andy Katz, and I think Tony Delk. And we're all hanging out, watching basketball. And if if there's a big dunk, I'm going to go, all right, let's go to that Virginia game. Oh, what a dunk! Hey, we got Zion, too. They want to make it like Red Zone. It's called Fast Break. So uh, Thursday, Friday, it starts at 2 o'clock, goes all night. Saturday and Sunday starts at 6 o'clock, goes all night. Uh, I'll be posting links on social to check it out but yeah your boy's doing a lot of different stuff college basketball golf nba nfl whatever you need i got it and you know what i got here nfl talk all the time never stopping never changing and it's the perfect time to reintroduce a lot of you guys to whoa big off season by the way next time we do this nick uh audio nick has been making some stuff very excited for you to hear it so, to those of you that do not know what Woe Big Offseason is, Woe Big Offseason is, we're getting close to there, it's when stories start coming out that, that fan bases maybe make a big deal about, but they're really not that important. Braxton Berrios spends an extra hour or two on the jugs machine. That one gets printed up. Whoa, Big Offseason. Watch out, here comes Braxton Berrios. Broncos linebacker Josie Jewell grew up taking care of 130 cattle, 18,000 turkeys, and that's why he's going to be a hard worker. Whoa, big off season when the training camp starts, these stories start. Cam Newton is going vegan. Whoa, big off season, and that's where we're going to start. We have a history on this show of NFL players going vegan. And I'm going to be honest, it hasn't really turned out that great, but every year a new football player decides to go vegan. Theo Riddick went vegan, stayed vegan, haven't really heard from him. Demarius Thomas went vegan. Stories came out later that the Denver Broncos wanted to trade him because he wasn't as strong or as fast because he went vegan. Benny Fowler went vegan, lost 14 pounds. Trent William, tackle for Washington, went vegan. And then there's, of course, the most famous, Adrian Peterson, who said he's going 80-20 vegan because he occasionally likes to stop off and get church's chicken. I mean, that's why Adrian Peterson's the best. So we've had our relationship with vegan, and now one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Cam Newton, has decided to go vegan. And I'm sitting here, and I'm going, Cam Newton must be getting advice from a very high-ranking nutritionalist that's looking into how this has affected NFL players and how it's going to change their bodies and what it's going to be. And I saw the video, and here's what Cam Newton said about why he's going vegan.
1: Some of the strongest animals or some of the strongest species on this earth— are vegetarians. Look at gorillas when you look at, you know, really elephants. Mm. You know what I mean? They find their source of protein and plants, and I do the same thing.
0: So. And he does the same thing. Is Cam Newton getting his nutrition advice from planet Earth? G- gorillas and elephants? Come on, man. You're not a gorilla or an elephant. You're a you're a hu- human. What what did gorillas get on the three cone? What did elephants get in the forty? You know? How did meerkats do in the vert? I don't know. We're gonna watch the evolution of Cam's veganhood and see how this goes. I have never been more invested in somebody going vegan because the other thing is too is when you go vegan, you tell everybody that you're vegan. Oh, hey, are there eggs in the French toast? Because I'm vegan. Oh, do you, wh- what's your side dishes? We're going to hear about it a lot. Be on the lookout for other planet Earth types of actions. Cam Newton veganhood. Whoa, big off season. All right, I saw this to Peter King's Football Morning in America. He always has his article, and in it he had a line that made me think with Big Ben. I was very hard on Big Ben. I was very pro-Antonio Brown, but Peter King had the line that said, quote, I think I'm not a big fan of everyone who ever crossed paths with Ben Roethlisberger trashing him. This came out because former Steelers running back Josh Harris claimed that Big Ben purposefully fumbled in a game in 2014, to spite Todd Haley. First of all, amazing. Uh, The quote was from uh, the running back Josh Harris, Todd Haley called a run play with very little time left in the game. Ben wanted to kneel. He rolled his eyes in the huddle, then purposely fumbled the ball, saying that he put the ball out when the fullback went by so that it would fumble and it would look like an accident. Josh Harris claims that he had to recover the ball, quote, At that moment, I knew what kind of person he was. The problem is, Peter, this is totally something that Ben would do. When I read the story, you went, yeah, that's Ben. Purposely rolling his eyes in the huddle, purposely fumbling to spite Todd Haley. I could see him doing it. I could. There are so many things that you could tell me that I could go, yep, I could see Ben doing that. Let's try a few out. Former Steelers tight end says Ben used to insult the lunch lady when the food was cold. Bro, I didn't get this French bread pizza less than 30 degrees. Like, I could see it. Former Steelers defensive line coach says Ben would double park in Mike Tomlin's spots occasionally. Totally, totally. Former Steelers teammate alleges that Big Ben told the ref that Jesse James didn't catch the ball against the Patriots. I could see it. I could totally see it. You would believe it. That's where we are with Big Ben. Like did you know that Big Ben did not visit Ryan Shazier in the hospital during his recovery? It's disgusting. But it's also not true and it's disgusting that you believed it because that's where we are with Big Ben that I could he was there all the time. He was visiting Ryan Shazier all the time. but you believed that for a second. You did. Because that's where we are with Big Ben. We've officially reached Big Ben can do nothing right. And personally, I'm hoping that more stories come out. I'm also reminding everybody that any story could come out about Big Ben, and I'm going to believe it at this point. Big Ben occasionally picks his nose and puts it under the desk at the, at the quarterback facility and blamed it on Josh Dobbs. Oh, my God. Sign me up. He can do no right. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the opposite. Ryan Fitzpatrick can do no wrong. Ryan Fitzpatrick officially signs a deal with the Dolphins. Uh, it's going to be like two years, $11 million. Uh The Dolphins, if you haven't seen, uh, in the words of my friend Mina Kimes, they are a fish tank. They are tanking. They have gotten no free agents. Their quarterback room is like Ryan Fitzpatrick and David Fales. They have a new head coach, uh, and they want to tank. Probably get a quarterback next year. Uh, and I don't know, as a Sixers fan, I will never judge teams for tanking. Personally, I love it. Uh, Gridiron Heights is one of my favorite things that Bleach Report does. Uh, Dennis Flynn has been so great at being the writer and kind of taking that over. You guys know that I was a bigger part back in the day, and really my main part now is I'm the voice of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going on the f- with the fourth season of Gridiron Heights now. I thought this was a character that was going to go away. And now I get, I keep getting to be the voice of Ryan Fitzpatrick on Gridiron Heights. I'm telling you, it's like it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tom Brady for most appearances on Gridiron Heights. What's wild is he's now been this is his eighth team. That's one quarter of the NFL. He has been their starting quarterback, which means there's eight different cities that go. I remember I used to root for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I just I, he can do no wrong. He's He's like Jesse from Breaking Bad, where they thought they were going to kill him off and he kept coming back. It's like Littlefinger. You know, like every time I watch Game of Thrones and I know he's dead, I still don't think he's dead. He just keeps coming back. He finds his way back. And and as Dennis wrote in the in the in the in the episode, he's Danny Ocean. He's the ultimate con man. He always gets it done. But I'm left with three main questions about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Number one, is he a Patriots mole? Think about it. He has now been on all three of the ASC East teams not named New England. Miami, Buffalo, the New York Jets. Is he a Trojan horse that Bill Belichick has hired to send around the NFL to implode? To cause front offices to go, maybe the six weeks that he had there in November and December is sustainable. Maybe he is a great leader for our young quarterback, but secretly he's taking all the snaps and the entire team's going to love him and then everyone's going to want to move on from Jameis. Is he a mole? Is he a virus that Bill Belichick installs into his opponents? That's my first question. My second of three questions is he the perfect tanking quarterback or is he the worst tanking quarterback ever? Connor Rogers stick to football. We were having a meeting today. He says, I think he's the worst because he can't control his success. He's going to win games that you don't want to win. He's unruly. He's unpredictable. You can't control his magic. That's what magic is. That's why he fits magic. No one knows where it's going, where it's come from, or how to stop it. Or is he the perfect tanking quarterback? Because he'll get the random win over the Patriots, and then lose to Buffalo by 25 because he'll be up 20 in the first half and then lose by 10 because he'll throw you out of the game. Also, if the coach came to Warren Fitzpatrick and said, Ryan, we're beating the Texans by 17, code fish tank. Fitzpatrick would go out there in the second half and throw four interceptions, two for pick sixes, and nobody would question whether or not he was throwing the game. Not us. He's the only quarterback in the NFL that if he threw for four touchdowns in the first half and four pick sixes in the second half, nobody would question him for throwing the game. Even Vegas would go, that's what happens when you bet on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nobody. That's why I think he's the perfect tanking quarterback. The key, though, is you need to have a backup that's not as good as him, and the Dolphins have a backup whose literal last name is Fails. Fails. Like, it doesn't get better. We're not going to go, wow, they should be playing Jameis. No, no, no. They're not putting in fails. My last big question is, why is he the only quarterback that we support stealing money from franchises? We never get mad at interceptions. Three of the last four jobs he's taken, very intelligently, by the way, did you know that he has a Harvard education, were in places that had no state income tax. Houston, Tampa, Miami. Genius, making money on top of money. He's currently at $58 million. After the $11 million from Miami, what do you know? Everyone's favorite number, $69 million in career earnings. Sixty-nine damn near 70 million Ryan Fitzpatrick has made damn near 70 million and I never hear fans upset about it it's awesome it's awesome it's really incredible we cheer this guy on. I don't know if it's because we relate to him. I don't know if it's because he's got the beard and people find beards funny. I don't know if he's just like this amazing guy, but like he's the only professional athlete where we're actively rooted. Go get that money, Ryan! Steal more money from another team! And it's it's amazing. I I really go back to the Steelers game where they're beating the crap out of the Steelers. No, no, no. They're getting their butts kicked by the Steelers. They're down 20 And that quote came out that he leaned over to Mike Evans. They're down 20. And he leans over and he goes, for some odd reason, I love fucking football. I love it. And Evans said, I don't know why, but I looked at him and said, I'm with you. I love football too. And they're both down 20. And that was the same game where that incredible gift came out of him just going, oh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick just loves fucking football. And that's why if they're tanking or if they're winning 11 games, if he's making $11 million or $11, if he's throwing you to the Super Bowl or throwing you into the first pick in the draft, he just loves fucking football. And that's what we do. The Go Show just loves fucking football. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, I salute you. You're incredible. 33%, you guys are incredible. Thank you so much for all of your help for the amendments. Aaron Rodgers will continue to be our favorite quarterback to watch in the NFL, the best quarterback we've ever seen. Nick hit that funky music. Uh, I'm just saying, right now, Sean McVay is going to be our favorite coach in the NFL. If you've got a problem with that, Let me know. If we need to do a one-on-one Belichick versus McVay, let me know. But he got most of the vote. I'm happy to make it. Uh, Coming up on Thursday, I have an interview with a very good NFL player. But until I record it tomorrow, I'm not saying his name because I don't jinx that type of shit. You guys are awesome. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. And we will holla, holla, holla at you later. Be well, always.